especially in the Western countries, and restrain oneself after seeing such things is very difficult. Nevertheless, if by the grace of Krishna one adheres to the regulatory principles and chants the Hare Krishna mantra, Krishna will certainly protect him. Indeed, Krishna says that his devotee is never vanquished. Therefore, all the disciples practicing Krishna consciousness should obediently follow the regulatory principles and remain fixed in chanting the holy names of the Lord. Then there need be no fear. Otherwise, one's position is very dangerous, especially in this Kaliyuga. Om Gyanthi Miratnasya Gyan Janashala Kayam Now he's afraid of getting the reactions. What will he do? 
He would go to the Karmakanda section of the Vedas, perform the sacrifices meant written there, and then he get rid of the sins that he has performed. But how will how will he get rid of the tendency to sin again? Right? Just as the elephant can't stop coming back and showering sand on himself, a sinful person cannot stop from committing sins. So he will continue to commit sins and continue to atone. So sinful um, tendencies and then sinful activities and then atonement. So this goes on. That's why uh, Maharaj Pariksit, he, he says this is not enough, this is not good enough. There must be something else. So then um, Pariksit Maharaj mentions to him about Gyananada, how knowledge can help us overcome, how austerities, right? How we know how Gyan is there, advanced in knowledge, they perform austerities, severe austerities. And they refrain from any sinful actions completely. But they also fall down, right? They also, we, we know sages, even sages, great sages who were great Gyanis, they fell down from their position because they, they, they couldn't control their mind and senses, right? So then, <coughs> From then in text 15 of this chapter, Maharaj Pariksit finally gives this point. Kinchit Kevalaya says, Yes, only a devotee is able to overcome these proclivities. He is not only able to um, um, able to overcome or able to nullify these past reactions, but he also will not do any sinful activity in the future. Now, how is that ensured? Because the heart becomes cleansed by doing bhakti. And here, as we see, you just mentioned how <coughs> Ajahnal actually, when he's at the scene, he's actually he's such a pious Brahman, he's a wonderful Brahman. So, on the instructions of his father, he goes to the forest to collect some flowers and fruits. So, while he's speaking that, he watches the scene, and, and what, what is you know, mentioned is he, he sees it. Right? If he wanted, he could have closed his eyes. If he wanted, he could have looked away. Right? Because he knew this was not right. He was well versed in the scriptures and he knew this was not right, so he could have looked away, but he didn't. Right? So, what does that indicate? That all his piety wasn't good enough to save him from this tricky situation. Right? And as is mentioned in the verses, in 56 57, what do they say? In the beginning, this Brahmana named Ajahnar study all the Vedic literature. So, he was well versed with what is to be done and what is not to be done, what is appropriate behavior and what is not appropriate behavior. He was a reservoir of good character. You see how Sukadev Goswami is glorifying what he actually is. Good conduct and good qualities. He was a reservoir of good character, good conduct and good qualities. Firmly establishing and executing all great injunctions. So it was not that he was learning, right, and then he fell, but he was firmly established in following the Vedic scriptures and, and doing all the following injunctions. And then his behavior is mentioned. He was mild and gentle. And he kept his mind and senses under control. But what happens in the next few verses, in today's verse, what is it mentioned? He could not keep his uh, mind and senses in control. Right? He falls prey to the situation. Furthermore, he was always truthful. He knew how to chant the Vedic mantras and he was also very pure. Right? So you see, after a while all this explanation is given because Sukadev Goswami wanted Maharaj Pariksit to understand how exalted the position was of Ajahnar. He wasn't just an ordinary person. He was a Brahmana that took perfect 
Jenny Rishi 
is now outside. He has already seen this beautiful woman and he has given her shelter. But the thought comes to his mind that I want to be, be with her. There is no harm in talking to her. Let me talk to her. Right? So he, he knocks at the door and he says, look, I am also cold outside. It's wet and cold. So can I also please come inside? And she says, yes. Dear sage, it's your heart. Please come in. So when he comes in, he sits in one corner. And then the mind, how it plays, how it plays on you, right? How it goes out of control. So then he, he, he uh, developed the desire to go near her and to embrace her. So while she's sitting with, his, with her back towards him, he, he goes and embraces her. But he finds it a bit strange. Why is she feeling so muscular? And then suddenly he it also feels that she has a beard. And then when he goes in the front, who is he? Srila Vyasadeva is sitting there. And then he becomes completely shocked and he realizes Immediately he realizes his instruction, his Guru Maharaj had given him, and then he's very repentant. He falls at his feet. <coughs> so you see, this is the situation when the bhakti isn't there. Right? So Sri he mentions here also in this purport that as long as you are following the six regulatory principles and you're chanting 60 rounds, you're safe. But the minute we and he's throughout the basic, right? It's meant that even this is what, at least it ensures the basic human form of life. If you call yourself a human, you should be doing this. And he says that if you don't do it, then you risk taking another birth. Then you can't get out of the cycle of birth and death. So in this way, um, the mind and senses can, can drive us into situations. Can, they can completely change our lives. As, as we see here, that Ajahn completely changed after he, you know, he, he, he saw this um, lady with this Shudra man. So, <clears throat> and in the following verses, we see how he, I mean, in the previous verses, we've, we've seen how he actually kicks out his pious chaste wife and he moves into this prostitute and he's living with, with her for many, many years. And he, 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 he you know, uses up all the inheritance that he got from his father and then he starts plundering other people, he starts stabbing them to get money. So he he engages in all sorts all sorts of abominable activities to please her. Right? So that's why Srila Prabhupada is actually very you know he he makes it a point. So even an example of Jenny what what does a mistake make? He knows that as a renunciator, as a son, he is not supposed to associate with a woman. He, he, out of compassion, initially what he had was genuine compassion. It was not that initially he had anything for her. He, had, he knew he had to be a renunciate and he knew the rules. But out of compassion, he asked to help her. But how that compassion changed into a desire which was not meant for a sadhu? It, it just takes a few moments, right? So what did he do? He did not follow the rules of his ashram. And he fell down. So here, what we talk, you know, that Ajahnu saw this and this, this uh, scene that he saw, it played and played and played on his mind so much that he became possessed by the attraction of this lady and then he fell down. You know, in, just like here, Srila Prabhupada mentioned in this purport that these kind of scenes are very common these days. 
And if you see, like, you know, a lot of you probably go for Harina on Friday nights. What do you see? What happens on Friday nights? You know, inappropriately dressed women, drunk women with drunk men, they're roaming around and they think this is okay, they think this is normal. And it's not that they, they, they're not even embarrassed or ashamed. They think it's normal. You know, Mr. says here, it's, it's, it's something that they're doing in public without caring of what the implications will be of this on children, on, on elderly people, on others. They don't want to see the impact of it on others, like Prabhupada says, if brahmacharis should stay away from these kind of scenes or these kind of... But how to stay away when others don't care, right? So there is no sense of responsibility. And, you know, Srila Prabhupada was once reading a magazine, you know that he travels a lot, so while in a plane, he just picked up a magazine, he flipped through a few pages, and then he actually just threw it away. He said, no, just don't even look at these things, right? See, this is how... What is he trying to show us here? That the visual impact of what we see is can be so great that it can just play on your mind. It can pollute your consciousness. So even to look at a magazine, it was a political magazine, something on the daily news and photos of what was happening. But even that, he said, this is not needed. It's not desirable. So threw that magazine away. Right. So so the underlying string here, the underlying point here is that uh, only devotion to Krishna can save us. Right. So because we can elevate ourselves to pious piety, we can follow the kind of section of the Vedas, follow those activities that tell us the do's and don'ts, okay? Don't do this, don't do this, otherwise you will get sinful reaction. So we only do these things that don't give us sinful reaction, right? But then piety in itself cannot ensure that we remain pious all our lives, can it? Ajamila was pious, but then piety didn't protect him from falling down. Piety didn't keep him biased. So then, piety isn't enough. And then also, even if you are biased, if you think, okay, you have attained bias, what next? What is there then? What, you sh- what should you do? So, you know, in this way, we know that being, even though Ajahnara was a perfect Brahmana, he was, he was overcome by us. He, he fell prey. You know, like we, as we saw in the previous verses, it is mentioned. So that's how it's no, a person in mood of goodness, he has, he, they like they like to live without hurting others. They are loving, they are forgiving, right? They help the poor and the needy. They make a lot of donations and charity. And, and it's actually, and, and they create a lot of peaceful environment around them because they are always giving and loving. So people actually like that. They are very attractive people, you know, to the rest of the society. But remember that they also have, they are also getting sense gratification. They may not be engaged in sense gratification in a bad way, right? By offending others, by competing with others, by hurting others. But they do it in a good way, but they're still doing it. So, what are the mind and senses doing? They are still not engaged in the service of the Lord. They are still engaged in sense gratification only, but in a pious way, right? Whereas we see those who are in mode of passion, they, they compete a lot. Unlimited desires in the heart, and irrespective of whether others are becoming offended, whether it is about the impact their desires or their actions have on others, they will do that. Right? So they pursue unlimited desires. Whereas those who are in mode of ignorance, when they pursue their desires, they, they can even harm their own self. Right? They can even harm themselves because they are they don't even know right from wrong. So in this way, if you see all these three kinds of people, those who are even in mode of goodness, like someone like Brahmanas, they, they also engage in sense. 
But you see, having said that, we cannot say that there is anything wrong with piety. Piety itself, it's, it's good to have. It sets up a good um, ambience around. But then it's not, it, it's, it, it can't get you out of this material world. It still keeps you in this material world, right? Just as we say, gold chains, silver chains, and iron chains. When you are in a mode of goodness, you are in gold chains because you are still here. No, it's just like saying you are you're in a prison and in, the, in that prison, nobody is bullying you. Right? Nobody is causing any discomfort to you and you feel, oh, wow, this is a nice prison, but it still is a prison. So in this way, um, in this world, so and, and about making rules, how can you make rules? We see people make rules. Like for example, people think um, dressing inappropriately or not properly and drinking and smoking, this is okay. But how do they know this is okay? To be able to make rules, first you should know the law. What are the laws of God? Right? If you don't know the laws of the God, you'll make your own rules. So a lot of these people who actually um, have a lot of power and position are the ones who actually say, oh, sinners must be prosecuted. You know, the action must be taken against them. Why? Because they have power and position. They're afraid of losing it. Somebody else might take them. Right? And they can't enjoy their power and position comfortably because those who are sinful, they might come and plunder them. They might come and disturb their sense gratification. Right? So in this, so the Karmana section of the Vedas can only take us to this level of okay, of piety, where you want to live in a way where nobody disturbs your sense gratification. But it is still sense gratification. You're still in a prison. You're still in a prison where others don't disturb you and you want to live that kind of a life. Right? But it cannot happen in this material world. That's why to be able to control your mind and senses, what do we do? We engage them in service to Krishna. As long as we think we are in control, we are able to control our mind and senses, then we are still in a very precarious situation. But when we surrender to the Lord, then the Lord guarantees, like Srila Prabhupada mentions here, Kontya Pratijani ki nami bhaktya prashti, that the Lord guarantees that I will look after you. If you have surrendered unto me, if you are engaging your mind and senses in my service, then I will protect you. Right? So this is a great assurance that. Lord Krishna gives us in Bhagavad Gita and he says this. Now, if you see this <coughs> in, in contrast to devotees, right? Now we know Haridas Thakur. A prostitute came to her to him with the intention to manipulate him, right? Here this, you know, Ramana, when, when Ajahn saw this situation, it was not that the it was intention of the prostitute to, to manipulate, right? It was, he just saw something and he became distracted. Whereas in case of Sri Haridas Thakur, this prostitute actually came with the intention to manipulate him, to corrupt him. But, and, and she did, and it wasn't just for one moment or for one hour, three nights, three nights she was there. And Haridas Thakur would always tell, tell her, the first time she came, she said, I need to, he said, I need to finish my fixed number of rounds. You please wait and then I'll fulfill your desire. So she waited all night and she heard him chant and chant. And then the second time when she again came, she again heard him chant. And he saw how nicely he was chanting. And the third night when he came, she came, she, she again heard him chant. And then she was completely transformed to see how dedicated he was. Right? 
and then we know how she from you know from being a prostitute she became a disciple of Haridas Thakur and Haridas Thakur instructed her you give away all your possessions and you come and live here and you chant the holy names and then Srila Haridas Thakur leaves that heart, leaves that place and entrusts that place to her and she lives there she gives away all her possessions she was a very wealthy person she gives away all her possessions to Brahmanas to Vaishnavas and she she comes and lives there and she worships Tulsi Maharani very nicely. And then she chants the holy names of the Lord. You see, so this is the difference between when uh, a devotee comes across a tricky situation, um, a distracting situation, and when uh, or someone who's just pious comes into a contact with such a tricky, uh, a tricky situation. Yes, and not this. This, if we in Chaitanya Charitamrita, we you know it's mentioned about Ramananda Roy. Ramananda Roy was a very opulent person. He was a governor of Madras. You see, like he had all these um, stately duties to do. He was a governor. But deep inside, he had another side to him. So, right? He had, it was like he had a secret life. He was so exalted that uh, Mahaprabhu would discuss the most um, intimate pastimes and the most intimate leelas of Radha and Krishna just with him. And, and, and Sarvama Bhattacharya actually made this comment that Mahaprabhu, he is actually the only one who is eligible to talk about these pastimes to you. He is the only one who, who, with whom you can actually enjoy these rasas because he's the only one so exalted and so pure. And then, so one time, to discuss some pastimes of the Lord because Pradhamna Mishra comes to um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to discuss some pastimes. He wanted to have some Krishna Dharma. But he, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sends him to Ramana Roy. And so he, he, you know, he's a governor, so he's very busy and he has many activities to perform. So his, he goes to the place and, and his servant, Ramana Roy's servant, um, you know, takes him inside, gives him a respectable position to sit and so then he, he and requests that you wait, you please wait, Ramananda Rai is right now busy. And he asks, what is he busy? He says, oh, he's um, you know, getting the, the girls ready for a drama to be performed in front of Lord Jagannath. So then he waits for a long time then. But when he waits there, he actually finds out that Ramananda Rai is not only uh, teaching them how to dance, he's not only teaching them the facial expressions, but he's already bathing these girls. He's dressing these girls. He's putting makeup on these girls. And now, and then he was a bit, he had his doubts. And he, that day when, he, but he still waits till Ramananda Rai comes. But he says, yes, I today is late. Thank you very much. And then he leaves. And then he goes straight back to Shaitanya Mahaprabhu. He says, Mahaprabhu, you want me to talk to him and this is what he was doing. <laughs> and then Shaitanya Mahaprabhu explains that Ramananda Rai has the mood of a manjali. So, you know, Manjali is even younger, a few years younger to gopis. He has a mood of male servant who actually look after the gopis, take care of the gopis and, and get them ready for the Leela with the Lord. So because he has this mood and you see, even though he had this material body, it did not impact him one bit when he was in such close contact with those young girls. So that's why Ramananda Rai was, that is why Sarvam Bhattacharya mentioned that he is the only one Mahaprabhu with whom you can have these conversations, you know, these, um, and discuss these most intimate leaders of the Lord. Because he was constantly, always in the mood of a Manjali who was going to serve the gopis. 
So when he was um, uh, dressing these girls, he, it was the mood of a manjari, like a little servant who was assisting the gopis of, of the Lord, you know, the, the sakis of the Lord. So, so this, see, this is how someone who is still in his material body, but in such an exalted position that these kind of you know, exposures to these kind of situations will not even touch them. So in this way, uh, Maharaj Parikshit, when he has questioned in the Pasama Pajamila, is actually just pressing upon this one point that only the devotees of the Lord can uh, sustain, they can only overcome these kind of situations. They can only, they only ones who can control their mind and senses. Why? Because they have engaged their mind and senses in the service of the Lord. Right? As long as you engage your mind and senses in the service of the Lord, then the Lord takes your responsibility. He uh, takes, He gives you the guarantee that He says, you know, He says, my devotee never perishes. He says, my dear Rajna, you declare boldly that my devotee never perishes. So He is the one who protects us. Right? So as long as we surrender to the Lord, then He will protect us. And that is the point. So Bhakti is the only process which can shake out Dharma and Bhajan. Neither the Karmakanda, the atonement, nor the Gyanakanda can cleanse the desires in the heart, the dirty desires in the heart. Only devotion service to the Lord, as Mahaprabhu has himself said, Cheko Dharmana Marjanam Bhava Mahatavakinya It has the, the, the potency to take us to transcendence. After this, Bhava Mahadavagi. It's a forest fire, it's not a small forest fire, it's a Mahadavagi, it's a great forest fire. On our own strength and ability, it is impossible to get out of here. But when we take shelter of the Lord, then He takes responsibility to take us out of here. So, and, and see, this is another thing that Prabhupada mentions. Therefore, all these disciples practicing Krishna consciousness, it's like He's talking to all of us. Therefore, all the disciples practicing Krishna consciousness should obediently follow the regulated principles. How should we follow? Obediently follow the regulated principles and remain fixed in chanting the holy names of the Lord. So never ever should we miss our 16 rounds. And that's at least 16 rounds. That is not the end, that is a beginning stage. Right? And then he says, then there need be no fear. Right? So Srila Prabhupada is assuring us, then you are safe. You know? Otherwise one's position is very dangerous, especially in this country. Because it is the, because of this Kaliva, you know, you, you see that uh, even in this Kaliva, because of the influence of the Kaliva, even the most advanced in knowledge, if you know what advanced in knowledge can, can commit offenses, serious offenses. Right? So, in, in the pastime of Yayati, uh, I think Yayati, King Yayati mentions to his wife that um, a man should not sit on the same seat with his own mother, sister, or daughter, even. Because the mind and senses are so strong that a person who is advanced in knowledge, even he can fall down and become attracted to sex. Right? So even to with their own mother, what would you know, you know, how is this possible? But yes, even with their own mother, daughter, or sister, you should not. Right? And there's another verse that actually says that women are like fire and men are like butter. Right? So these verses are there for a reason. And you know, because even in the scriptures we see how Sawbari Muni fell down. He, and he didn't see even human beings. He saw two fish populate. Just imagine. 
how strong it is, the desire is. And you may see a fish, it came to your mind, right? That's how. And, and then, Vishwamitamuni, uh, he's such an advanced person, like, not, this wasn't a devotee, but he was a great sage. And yet, when Menaka was sent by Indra, he completely became just distracted. And he lost all his punya, he lost all his ages because he started living with her as a Vihasa. Then he had to start again. Because he wanted to be a Brahmanish, he had to start again. So that's why it is mentioned that women are like fire and men are like butter. So a reasonable distance has to be maintained. Rules and regulations have to be followed. And that's why Prashirapa says Grihasta gives you that responsible license where you act responsibility, you fulfill your desires in a in a way that is mentioned in the scriptures. And if you do that, then we can protect ourselves, we can be safe. So in saying that, I'll end here. And if anybody has any comments, questions or corrections?
destiny. I don't know. Hey, you're Thank you. Grand Sachin Hazard and Key. 